Hey, Heinz, welcome back. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me back. I'm very surprised. It's, I think it's the third time, isn't it? Or the fourth time? I think it's right. Yeah. Uh, we always were on point and we follow closely the agenda. So this Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. Very, very much so. Organized. Exactly. And uh, you said the last time you can speak the hardest language uh, which uh, Nelson Mandela was, or, right? Was... No, I used to be able to, to talk a little bit in Isikosa. Okay, uh, how, how it is ago. good morning in, in this language? Good morning is molo. Uh, well, that's a hello, molo. And you say, usapila is how are you? Um, mm -hmm. Or you can say, kunjani kuba. Um, I, I, I used to be able to chat quite well, but it's a long time since I, um, since I, I really spoke a lot. My, my wife was fluent in, in the language because she grew up in, in Transkai, mm -hmm. um, which was one of the African homelands. Um, okay. And so she, well, she was fluent. It was really funny listening to her speaking to, <laughs> to people. But you said the language uh, produces um, funny noises, right? Isn't yeah? This? You've got this, uh, this, the three different clicks. You've got the isiposa, which is on the side. Mm -hmm. You've got the ukriha, uh, mm -hmm. which is on the top. Ukriha. Um, I'm not really good at these clicks, but at least I can do them somewhat. And mm -hmm. then uh, I think is a spoon or something. I, I hope mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything very rude. No. If I have any, if I have any, any also speakers, please correct me. Mm -hmm. um, they, they've actually are working on a Isikosa lesson on Duolingo. They've got Zulu, but not, not Kosa yet. So um, uh, okay. I, I do want to refresh myself. The, the funny thing was that the the I, my teacher in school was actually a, a white lady um, and she wrote the textbook as well which is only weird that they would have a, a white person writing a textbook for a language a sex, language which is not a not a white language yeah know, this is a, it's called inclusivity yeah. right so uh, even yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly I never figured that out but um, she was really I mean she was she was fluent but she, it wasn't her her mother tongue right okay um, But anyway, so so I had a had a good teacher when I was when I was young, um, but uh, then I, I sort of lost touch with the language. Great, so there are no language. clicks in good mornings. Yeah, I mean, it's as I said, it's uh, um, it, it, it's when I when I grew up, it was it was sort of very, not not done that whites would speak to blacks, um, and in South Africa you can say white and black because it's they have mm -hmm. it's not a derogatory term, okay, um, to say that, uh, but it, it wasn't done. People just didn't speak to each other. You just didn't. Like, people would look at you funny if you spoke to somebody with a different skin color. Um, if you would do, what would happen? They would answer? On... No, 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 no. I mean, gee, if we, sp I had a wonderful time, I would speak to anybody I could find I would speak to because I was okay. learning the language. So, whenever I was walking on the road, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, stop people, we'd walk together and we'd talk, we'd have a chat. Okay. Um, but I was one of the only, I mean, it was, I was the only, only white kid walking around talking to, <laughs> talking to blacks. <laughs> Got okay. some funny looks, but I had a great time. Now, what uh, I actually ask in the good morning, you know, in the good morning word, in the language, are yeah. there no clicks? No, no, no. I think it's too early. Ah. It's <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> no. As far as I know, I mean, this, is, this might all be complete nonsense, but I, I heard that the... The, the the original language that didn't have clicks, um, like Zulu, for example, doesn't have clicks. But then the Isikosa they got more in contact with the um, with the San people, the San mm -hmm. people who were the original inhabitants of South Africa, and then I moved to Namibia and Botswana, and they have a lot of clicks. They've got far more clicks than the. Okay. Than the than the than the African than the South South African causes, mm -hmm. um, and and so as far as I know, they, they sort of adopted that that click into the language. But actually, this is funny that there are actually no clicks in more languages, right? Because I mean, it, it's easy to produce a click, right? So I mean, there should be more clicks in other languages, right? Well, try. Let's let's hear the three clicks: one on the top, and then one in the front. And one on the side, but then you have to combine that mm -hmm. with with uh, uh, with. So the I whole was word. perfect already. I'm already. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. African, you, right? you can get a citizenship now. That's no, no problem at all. You know, just go. So, to you, the, uh, so uh, you you could talk to me. I would talk back, and always my clicks, and um, 
<laughs> yeah, lots of clicks on the Route 66, you know. This <laughs> it's cool, actually. If you think about this, because, uh, you know, clicking is would be as easy to produce, I would say. I mean, um, maybe it's easier than, you know, the English the or something like for, for non-English speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the there are no more languages with clicks inside, right? So The this German her, you know, Heinz. Heinz. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's for, for Greeks, it's impossible. They can't say Heinz. They have to say Heinz. But they could click. Everyone could click, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's I, I, I don't know if I agree with you because I've, um, when I was in school, most of the kids had problems with the clicks. Yeah, I mean, not very particular clicks, but, you know, a, a general click could be actually, you know, a good way <laughs> to say I'm done or something like this, right? So just really, if you think about this... Um, Surprising that there are no more languages with clicks, just a few languages, and they they feel somehow exotic. Uh, are you sure about that? Are there really just so few languages with clicks? I don't even know that. I'm not sure. If you don't know it, it means it's already surprising, right? Because it should be more common then, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like the African languages are the ones with clicks, but there might be in the South. Yeah, why there are no European languages with clicks? Right, this would be interesting. For instance, I don't think so. Yeah, why not, right? Because uh, yeah, it, it, true. if you think about this... It is a sound. Yeah, just a sound. So no European <laughs> or you know, English, um, languages have clicks, which is interesting. Okay, we are uh, completely following the agenda again. So we prepared half, <laughs> half year, you know, uh, to talk about Open JDK contribution, your contribution. Uh, uh, and I right. wanted to talk about something else. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I prepared so well that I actually forgot what you what you contributed. Uh, can you just remind me what was your contribution? Actually, uh, it was not not very much. It was basically something which somebody else realized can be done better, and so they've, they've changed it to be better. Um. <laughs> was it the empty stream right? It, it was no. It was it was parallel multiplication. A parallel um, multiplication. Uh, exactly. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I want to talk about something else I, 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 okay. because I've, I've had this this thought. Um, you know, I've been, I've, I've written a course on, on virtual threads, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's just a one-day course because really you mm -hmm. don't need to know. You're not supposed to need to know too much to use them. <laughs> okay, right. so, so it's surprising it's, that you can speak of one day for about it, but um, no, one day is it. It fills up the day. It's just definitely okay. fills up the day because the you know you do need to know a lot of things um, that can go wrong. Because when mm -hmm. things go wrong, <laughs> you need to be able to figure out what went wrong and how it went wrong. Mm -hmm. So it, it definitely is, is something which which you need to um, be able to debug and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, you you have the basics of of virtual threading, um, which is fairly easy to understand. But then you have structured con structured concurrency, mm -hmm. which is also very easy to understand. But um, it, it it has lots of Lots of sort of nuances and mm -hmm. and ways of coding which which make it a lot nicer than than before. Um, but then you also have scoped values and a whole bunch of things that have changed. Um, plus the the whole threading um, builders you've got thread builders which have changed and so on. So, so there are a bunch of things to know. So so one day for sure it fills up. It, there's no, no mm -hmm. question about that. Um, but of course that assumes you already know threads. Like you are, mm -hmm. you're very well versed with normal threading. Then it takes a day. Um, so anyway, but what I wanted to say is there, there was a um, there's one particular thing which which I am going to try and explain via voice. I don't know if it's going to work, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, mm -hmm. You've obviously heard of parallel streams, mm -hmm. right? Have yeah. you ever used parallel streams? Yes, you have. Okay. Um, so here's a puzzle for you, and uh, if you get it wrong, don't feel bad because. Almost everybody gets this one wrong. Okay. okay so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, we've got a serve with eight cores. Mm -hmm. No hyperthreading, just eight cores. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so it's not, not a trick question. Eight cores. You've got a, a thread pool mm -hmm. with a hundred threads. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's a, like the requests come in mm -hmm. and you've got a thread pool with a hundred threads. Mm -hmm. Now, um, normally what you would do is you'd have a worker pool Mm -hmm. For the CPU intensive tasks and your your jobs, your if you've got some some computation, we'd be done. We'd be given to this worker pool, mm -hmm. would we'll execute it, mm -hmm. and normally the number of threads that would be active 
would be the same as the number of cores or roughly the same as the number of cores. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't have like a thousand threads. You'd have just like eight threads in this worker, in this sort of worker CPU, mm -hmm. CPU worker pool. Mm -hmm. All right, but now we don't. We've got just a, a, a pool of 100 threads. Mm -hmm. We're just waiting for incoming connections. Mm -hmm. All right, so the 100 connections come in at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and each one of those does, um, does a parallel stream. Mm -hmm. All right. So now the question is: This is the, this is the puzzle. How many threads will be active working at the same time? Okay. Now, uh, to my apologies, I didn't work with parallel streams from I think before Corona started because since Corona is like five four years maybe, um, I use lots of um, work in the clouds with serverless, and right. the idea of it works completely different because on serverless. You have one process and doesn't make any in one CPU usually, so we don't use a lot of parallel streams. But right. what I recollect, what I remember is the following: so the parallel, the amount of parallel, so the parallel streams works with the fork join pool, right? Internally, so Correct. we can Common we can we can and in, and we can configure this with uh, from the command line with parallelism, I think, right? So with parallelism, Very we good. can we can set the amount of threads. This is what I remember. Then Correct. what I also remember, I use a lot of. Uh, this was parallel stream. No, this was confusion with uh, completable future with the async where I can pass the pool. Okay, there's no pool. So it means we have one global pool yes. with parallelism 25 or with 100 or nothing. Nothing means eight cores, right? Eight threads, nothing. Seven. If, I, yeah, if you right? don't specify anything, it's, it's going to be the number of, the number of, um, the number of cores or active pro number of processes minus one. So it'll oh. be seven. Very good because I always thought it's plus one, and it last the last time you told me I'm wrong, so I thought there is no plus. So now it's minus. So there minus are seven. it's always been minus one. It's always seven. Been minus one. So we have one. Uh, the, the, now the interesting part is uh, this: is what I don't know for sure because it's uh, how many instances of the pool are working. You know, just for one. the it's just, just one, one just, just one instance is working. There's one uh, uh, frog gem pool with twenty uh, with seven threads. Working parallel stream. We have one hundred incoming uh, connect, uh, one hundred in incoming connections. Correct. So we only can have actually seven threads actively working. Actively working. Okay. Hundred and seven. Hundred and seven. Okay. Because mm -hmm. the reason the reason it's minus one is because the submitting thread, the, mm -hmm. the thread that starts the parallel stream, also works. Ah. Oh, okay. He doesn't just sit around twiddling like, his like thumbs. Like Node.js, right? So like Node.js is like the maintaining thread or, or whatever, or not? No, I haven't. Not with Node.js. No, I mean the, 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 the thread which is not specified, it does, uh, it uh, performs some works not to block the pool, right? So right. this is, right. yeah, this is like maintenance right. work, right? Like so, so, the, so the thread that's the thread that, that, that uh, submitted the work, mm -hmm. Is uh, is also doing the work, right? Okay. So, so so this is why if you specify the common parallelism ah, to okay. zero, for example, if you specify it to zero, then then uh, you won't have any threads in the common pool, mm -hmm. but you still will have a hundred threads busy working at the same time. Ah, that that's cool. So now in the studio, what are, what are you saying? Okay. It means um, I'm in the application server. Yes. And usually, I always worked in application server or Quarkus or something similar, right? Sure, sure. So in the application server, we would have HTTP uh, acceptor threads, and then we have something okay. like, you know, the, the work HTTP threads, like they are 30. So it means every of the threads, if it submits, you know, to the pool, this thread already does the work. So mm -hmm. there would be the eight threads in the pool. So right. I would get then 37 threads, right? Because right. Uh, at, at most. In, yeah, exactly. That's right. 37 mm -hmm. threads working at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, um, most most people that are, that I've most people who've started using parallel threads have taken just not parallel threads <laughs> parallel streams have taken them out again because it's um, because of because of this what happens is all of a sudden you have far more CPUs busy than you realized than you expected. Mm -hmm. All right. Now the the reason why they do that is as a safety valve because for example let's say you've got one one particular workload that's taking a very long time. Mm -hmm. You still want the other workloads to make forward progress. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, th- so this is this is the reason why why they they they've got it. First of all, number of cores minus one, mm-hmm. minus, minus, number of processes minus one, um, because the submitter is also going to help. Mm-hmm. It's also going to work. It's also going to be mm-hmm. busy. Um, but the result is that if you do if you if in parallel you go and do parallel streams, mm-hmm. you're going to have far more threads busy than you probably realized. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. On that note, took uh, an, an one very interesting uh, task force years ago. Nothing to do with parallel streams, but somehow related, I guess. So um, there was a project, and the high tech wanted to to be asynchronous everywhere, just for okay, fun, of course. because back back then everything was asynchronous, right? So and yes. um, so they put you no know, asynchronous on every class. Okay. And one asynchronous class called the other asynchronous class. So we have okay. asynchronous, which calls asynchronous. And this was asynchronous annotation, which, uh, which was executed by internal application server Glassfish pool back then, or Payara. Okay. And, um, and this, the pool was, so the queue was bounded. So there was like, you know, an um, mm-hmm. incoming queue and the threads were also bounded. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, in production, what happened then, after a while... All cluster nodes were four were shut down with zero activity, right? So it was not like they were busy. So just CPU utilization zero and deadlock. So everything was shut down. And of course, what happened was uh, because one thread submitted a task, and this thread which submitted a task called yeah. another thread which also you know submitted a task, but the queue was already full. So every everything was stuck because it, it was impossible to resolve, right? So right. of course uh, we um uh, I just couldn't understand you know the problem first, and I remove all the asynchronous and everything worked perfectly, and I say wow there is really uh, experienced consultant, you no know, five minutes work everything is working, but I couldn't <laughs> understand the coach just deleted it, right? So this was the this was uh, uh, since then I'm a hero in the company, you know they ask me strange questions, so okay no the next time this we do something recorded, I would just delete it, right? This is being recorded, you realize? <laughs> yeah, but we can remove it. Later, right? So, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I, I'm the host, you know. I, I manipulate the stream co- constantly here. Um, in another project, uh, problem even even more interesting was uh, web logic back then, and there were transactions. So there was uh, they had also actually you saw ever web logic console. Uh, yeah, a long time ago. There was uh, the old console was great because at the at the what I recall is at the uh, start screen you see actually the the worker worker queues visually. Yeah. So you right. saw you saw actually what's going on. Right, right, right. And uh, what happened is after a while the web logic became busy and busy and busy and there was no load actually. There was more more threads, you know, more load, and then it shut down with out of memory error. And this was more interesting because um, what happened was uh, the same problem, by the way. The uh, the queue was bounded, yep. and there were transactions going on, mm-hmm. and uh, transaction to to host, mm-hmm. and um, and then it was rollback, right? So a transaction could cause rollback, and the rollback was another process, right. which was back. You know, it was put again to the queue. Yeah, so, yeah. But the queue is already full. So yeah, yeah. because and then all the transactions uh, try to be rolled back, and uh, and this caused you know like a cascade problem, and yep. everything was shut down. And yep. this interesting problem. And, and then back then I can't call it right now because uh, web logic is no more operational. And uh, you know, and then we find the solution and we patch that. And uh, and uh, by the way, the patch was also simple, it was just timeout, right? But uh, <laughs> but 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 then you know the project manager said we uh, uh, an expensive you know web logic uh, consultant uh, will will come and will verify our solution. And I remember <laughs> now we were all, all tired, you no, know, we couldn't sleep, and and there were like no war room and everything, and 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 in the morning, you know, the guy arrives, and the first question is, you know, have you thought of increasing, you know, the heap in JVM? And we say, why, right? I mean, there's not a problem. So yeah, because the garbage collector will run less frequently, and then the <laughs> <laughs> and the project manager was quite technical. Said, you know, you know what? Said to him, we will cancel the the maintenance contract right now. You know, the, the <laughs> this was the you know two 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 stories with queues. I I, I remember. Yeah. But it's somehow related, right? To prevent that. Uh, or no, no, what, okay. So, so, so let me continue. So and, and the l- last one, last one, okay. also related, right. hopefully. Um, I always wondered why, for instance, uh, Glassfish, Payara, and Open Liberty are operational, fully operational, if they are completely overloaded. So the application, you know, was uh, completely down. So you couldn't do anything, but the admin console was fine. 
And the trick was, of course, <laughs> the trick was, of course, they had two two con- two uh, thread pools and connection pools, right? There was one right. small one for the admin, which was one thread running was the maintenance thread, right. and the other was for the application was also a great trick. So this was my war story so far. <laughs> so the the what you found there was a resource deadlock, mm-hmm. and uh, you can spot them in a thread dump, mm-hmm. um, but not as easily as other types of deadlocks. Mm-hmm. So if you have a like a deadly embrace deadlock, those are really easy to spot. You basically make a thread dump, and at the bottom it says. What is deadly embrace deadlock? What is it? Uh, the deadly, it deadly embrace nice. is when you've got. Um, normally, it's a lock ordering deadlock. You've got mm-hmm. two threads, mm-hmm. and they are lock- locking two locks in opposite orders. Mm-hmm. So it's A and B. The f- one locks A, then B. Other one first B, then A. So, if you, for example, if you're transferring from one bank to another, you want to lock both bank accounts for the transfer. Mm-hmm. But if at the same time you're transferring from bank account Germany to Austria, and at the same time from Austria to, to, to Germany, then you end up with, with uh, this, this lock ordering deadlock, and you call mm-hmm. it deadly embrace, and there's no way of breaking out of that. But for that, there's actually like um, code inside the JDK, and JVM, to show you the deadlock. So you can do a thread dump, and at the bottom you see the deadlock. Mm-hmm. Okay. The thing is that that... Um, the, if you have a resource deadlock, mm-hmm. that it won't show it in the thread dump at the end, like as a as a summary to say this mm-hmm. is your deadlock. You will see that there are threads waiting for things like waiting on queues, waiting on semaphores, which are not making forward progress, n- mm-hmm. not moving forward. Mm-hmm. So you would you could look for threads which are on the reentrant lock uh, or on a waiting on a on a, on a blocking queue, for example, or or on a semaphore. However, and here, cause here, here's where it gets to the topic of what I really want to talk about, is these things change a bit when we go to virtual threads. Mm-hmm. When you do a thread dump and you're using virtual threads, mm-hmm. you only see the platform threads in your thread dump. Mm-hmm. You don't see the virtual threads in your thread dump. And, and it's, there's a good reason for it. If you when you have platform threads, you might might have a few hundred platform threads, but when you have virtual threads, you can have millions of virtual threads. So mm-hmm. you don't want to to you know, first of all stop the world whilst you're doing a thread dump with a million threads, and then you know you're like carrying on and on. I mean, it's, each thread stack could be like ten lines. You'd be like ten million lines of 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 dump just whilst you're doing a thread dump. So for virtual threads, you only see the platform threads when you're doing a thread dump. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, mm-hmm. so you actually you can you could see if one of the threads, one of the virtual threads has pinned your, um, or, or or is not is not, or can't be swapped out from the platform thread. Then you will see that you'll see that the the platform thread is busy carrying a particular virtual thread. One question about pinning. So um, yes. In, in one point of time, I think every virtual thread has to be pinned to a normal thread or to platform thread, right? For a sh- short period of time for the execution. Because, you know, the the work which is which happens can be only done by the platform threads, right? Because the virtual threads are virtual threads. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Uh, no, they're pinned to something different. Um, they can be mounted. They're always mounted. Okay, mounted. The, the term is mounted. Okay. So pinned is, is bad because it means if you do I.O. or whatever, then they are synchronized. They can be pinned. This is why you're rewriting the libraries and mounted means right. for the work, right? Okay. So if you if you synchronize and then you block the thread, mm-hmm. whilst you synchronize, then you get pinned. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about is mounted and unmounted, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is, if you are, uh, if you make a thread dump and there's a thread which is mounted and can't be unmounted, or it's or it's pinned, you'll see that in the thread dump. Mm-hmm. However, if you get a resource deadlock or a deadly embrace involving something like a reentrant lock, mm-hmm. you don't see it at all inside the platform thread thread dump. Mm-hmm. So now what you need to do is to is to print all threads or dump dump all threads to file with J command, and then you've got like a million threads to look at <laughs> to find your problem. Yeah. <laughs> big data. It's it's gone from a small problem to a big problem to solve. <laughs> if you get a resource deadlock, right? Mm-hmm. So what I want to now mention is um, we were talking about parallel streams mm-hmm. in the context of if you've got a normal application server. Now, what's happening is there are two uh, there are two application servers which now offer the possibility of virtual threads. Mm-hmm. 
the one is Helidon, Helidon mm-hmm. version 4. It's going to be released in September, the version 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is, is, um, is Jetty. Mm-hmm. Jetty also has the option of using virtual threads for your user threads. And Quarkus is working on it. Uh, okay. Okay, I didn't know about that. So Quarkus as well. Um, so, and, and the, the, the thing is with Jetty, Jetty, the back, the, the whole infrastructure is still using asynchronous networking, mm-hmm. IA, but you can run your, your user queries using virtual threads, which is really mm-hmm. convenient. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you should never use a parallel stream um, from inside a virtual thread. From inside of it. So virtual thread should not call parallel stream because then exactly. the virtual thread becomes the submitter and one, and one of the worker, right? Exactly. You got it. 100%. Exactly right. And you've got a very limited number of, of uh, carrier threads. And you, you don't want these carrier threads to be busy mm-hmm. doing anything. So the workaround for that is... Wait a second. The carrier threads. Uh, the, the virtual thread... Um, why you know that it would be a carrier threads? It would be just a virtual thread, right? Or um, okay, so the virtual thread, of course, is just virtual. It's not a real yeah, thread. Yeah, yeah. So when it executes, it executes on it. gets mounted onto a carrier thread. Okay, that's what they, that's what we call that. So the, we've got the platform threads. They do the actual work, and your virtual thread gets mounted onto a carrier thread. It then mm-hmm. executes until it finds the next checkpoint, and then it will go back to. Um, uh, it gets unmounted again if it can. And then move on. Okay. So, um, so the, the the problem is that if you if you have a bunch of threads which are doing, um, you know, s- parallel streams, um, bunch of virtual threads, you will you'll block. You, you first of all you'll you, you'll block up the 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 carrier thread pool. So no other virtual threads can execute. Nothing can be unmounted from there. Nothing can execute. So th- that's that's the problem with this. So um, my recommendation, but it doesn't always work. My recommendation is that if you need to do a parallel stream, is to preface it with a call to um, basically forkdrawnpool.get commonpool.submit. So you're basically going to take your task, mm-hmm. you're going to submit it to the common forkdrawn pool as a task, mm-hmm. and then get the job result from that. Mm-hmm. Because what then happens is that you're this was the same using... trick. This was the same trick, by the way, for application yeah. servers to make you know parallel streams take the threads from the application server pool. Yes, except now we're going in the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. Now, but this now, is the same pattern. Actually, exactly. Uh huh. Yeah, we're going in the opposite direction. That we we want to say, we want to actually um, only use the threads from the from the common fork to pool. The problem where this doesn't work is when you've got when somebody has set up the common parallelism to be zero, which you can do. Mm-hmm. And one thing which is kind of nasty is that you can never really know whether or not you've got zero threads inside the common fork drawn pool. I think we've spoken about this before. I'm not sure if we have. About zero? No. Uh, no. I can't remember this. About... They, okay, mm-hmm. so, so, so the, your common fork drawn pool can have any number of threads in there. can have zero, mm-hmm. can have one, two, a thousand, whatever you want, right? Um, and that is your desired parallelism of how many threads you want to have run at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're running, like you were speaking, speaking, you were speaking about serverless, if you want to run um, you know, with really small microservices, you don't want to have a lot of threads lying around. So what you could do is you could say, I'm going to make my common fork drawn pool equal zero. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends, right? Because what I do in serverless, actually, I use sometimes the fork joint pool and I increase the parallelism. And the reason being is because I'm using for expensive I.O. operations. Okay. Right. So what I can do with it, so what I always did with parallel stream is actually only for that is, let's say uh, in the stream, I have HTTP endpoints of microservices and I would like call them in parallel. So then I have a parallel stream with a map and the map will call, you know, the service and return the, the, the value and then I get back and this was always the trick. And this is, it gets even better in, in serverless because even if you have just one core, you can still very, easy, still very easily, you know, make everything parallel. This was the idea. Or reading, yeah, for instance. Yeah, if I'm reading yeah. from S3 or from the database, so I can say, if I read, you know, several things in parallel, I can say, go out, you know, initiate everything and then i can at least you know safety latency but what you're confusing is concurrency and parallelism 
Yes. Because you want to do it concurrently, not yes. parallel. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and what you're describing is really easy to do with structured concurrency. Like yeah, but I don't easy. have it yet, right? So. This is, one I want, this is one that what I Java wanted to, 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 to tell you with the parallel stream is that uh, I think for my cases, uh, virtual threads is the way to go because it's exactly what yeah, I need, right? Absolutely. I, I don't it's need the parallel stream anymore. Concurrency. Yeah. It, it, it's really, really good with that. You know, you just basically make a structured uh, task scope, I think it's called, mm -hmm. um, exactly. shut down on failure. Mm -hmm. And you just you just fork a bunch of tasks and you say join once you're done you're done it's it's brilliant really good. But why now without virtual threads the parallel stream is still the simplest way to go for me right? At the, well, yeah, I'm going to say yes. It is the mm -hmm. easiest way of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, although I probably would not use the common fork to pull. Probably I'd probably make another fork to pull for that. Uh huh. Not not the not the common one, but um, what what, what you've done will work. It will work. It's it's not mm -hmm. really the way you're supposed to do it, but it will work. You see, the thing is, if you if you increase the common fork draw and pool size, mm -hmm. it gets increased across the board. Mm -hmm. And uh, for example, if you're doing a if you were to do a parallel sort, mm -hmm. it would then spawn that many threads. Well, it would spawn. It would use as many threads as um, as you've specified. Now, you're mm -hmm. running maybe on a single-core machine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but what's happening now is, is that you actually are, um, instead of running on a single-core machine, you're going to be running on a, uh, you're going to make, um, let's say if you've made 100 threads, you're going to have 100 threads trying to use that CPU. Yeah. So lots of context switching, lots of uh, contention for the... Because what you said right now is, for, for me, it's fine because it's just I.O. related. and uh, But the problem is at the same time, the parallel sort would be CPU bound, right? It was CPU operation. Exactly, but that's so, what I'm th saying. This would be way slower than... Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. Is, is you, you're configuring the size of, of a particular resource incorrectly. So this means and if you have a large application and you don't know how many parallel streams are there in there... It's a bad practice to increase the parallelism just to have concurrency. Yes, so definitely. it would be better, you know, to create your own thread pool and use. Yes, it you for... make another fork mm -hmm. join pool of exactly the size you want, mm -hmm. and then all you do is you you do the parallel stream within that within mm -hmm. that fork join within that fork join pool. In my case, it would be even easier, even better, because the problem is, you know, you have to specify in serverless, you know, the configuration to 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 make it happen, and they have to to to, to see yeah, what exactly. is actually working. If you create your own pool, it will always work. Mm -hmm. It will always work exactly. And, and and then you can configure it according to the network connections rather than um, any other just random yeah. number. You want control point. of that. But um, yeah, uh, I'm actually looking forward to to virtual threads. But the last yeah. time you were very skeptical, right? So you said uh, no, I was skeptical. This was crap. I, 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 I remember you said. About. Okay. I was skeptical about um, part of the 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 sale that they were part of the sales pitch. I didn't think was realistic. Okay. And their sales pitch was. You know, now you can just write your own server in a simpler way. I don't want to write a server, mm -hmm. yeah. right? I want, to I want to use a server. And when I use a server, I want to make, I, I want my, my, my user request to be mm -hmm. as simple as possible, mm -hmm. right? But I don't want to write my own server. And, uh, and a lot of the, the sales pitch was, hey, if you want to write your own server, nobody wants to write your own server. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I believe that Jetty tried to, use virtual threads for their infrastructure and they, they basically undid that but they do make it possible for us to run our user requests in with virtual threads and that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. as long as the people who, as long as the programmers realize that um, if you're going to do a parallel stream preface it with with a with a with a um, with a call to the common uh, to common pool and fork and, and submit it to that and join it afterwards. Um, as long as you do that, you're okay. Then, mm -hmm. then you know, then then you can use parallel streams as much as you want, as long as they're done within the fork with a common fork join pool. Mm -hmm. Now, what I wanted to say, getting back quickly to this common uh, the common pool, um, it can have a size zero. Mm -hmm. You can have no threads inside, but you can never find out if it has no threads inside. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I guess you you could you could there could be a hack you could use to see whether it has okay. no threads inside. But but there's there's like no no easy way to know if there are no threads inside. Um, and the reason is that um, when I say 
get common pool size, it never returns zero. Mm -hmm. Even if there are no threads in there, it says the number one. Okay. So it lies to us. It basically says, uh, well, I know I've got no threads. I know that the size is zero, but I'm going to tell you one anyway. Okay? Is it a buckle feature? It's a feature. Right? Okay. And so, and the other thing is, if I've got a dual Why it is a feature? Because I'll explain uh, in a moment. Okay. Let's say I've got a single core machine. Okay. Now, the formula is, it's going to be the number of, of hardware ah. threads minus one, mm -hmm. but it will have one thread in the common pool. Mm -hmm. So even if I've got a single core, it'll have one thread. If I've got dual core, it's going to say, um, well, I've got, I've got uh, two threads minus one, so mm -hmm. it makes it one thread. Mm -hmm. right? um, so basically, what, we, what I'm saying is that um, the answer from common fork to and pool gets, uh, get, get, get size is going to be, um, if you ask them for the size of how many threads you actually have in there, um, it's never going to say zero. It's going to say one or more, mm -hmm. which means if you if you get the number one, you either have zero threads in there, or you've got one core, mm -hmm. or you've got two cores. Mm -hmm. They all give the same answer. Okay. Right. Um, and and this makes it kind of difficult because, uh, for example, if you do this trick of of prefacing the the parallel stream with with a uh, you know, get the size. You you can never find out whether you've got no threads. And if you've got no threads, the common pool, you'll never return. Mm -hmm. right? So what what you probably need to do there as well is to, um, if it's if we give the back of the value in one, is to not do, is to, is to just do normal parallel stream. And that's just not going to be very efficient, but at least you're not going to hang up the system completely. Yes. Because if you if you have one, and there is actually zero, that will be as bad as before. The virtual threads will be used as a as the how to call it submit the threads, right? But exactly, there is, exactly. exactly. So so, so you you'll jam up the the virtual thread, but you're hoping at some point this high this this expensive calculation will be done. But that's different. We'll, we'll Let's say we have five. And I'm a little bit cautious what I'm doing. And uh, the virtual threads, um, there will be five virtual threads then pinned to the parallel streams. So I get five plus five. So I get 10 or nine. I get nine. Not, not pinned. They'll be mounted. They, they will be mounted. Yeah. But, I mean, that's no problem. The problem is only if I'm if I'm not carry about that and I have unbounded. So I have no, like, a bulkhead. So I say all virtual threads, all virtual threads go ahead and, you know, access the parallel stream. Then I have a problem. But... If I would say just five or ten or twenty and know what I'm doing, there's no problem at all, right? Yeah, I mean it's it depends how many how many carrier threads you've got, right? How many? How? Yeah, the question is why individual threads are accessing the parallel stream at all, right? Because uh, if if this is like a server and the oh, one virtual oh, thread, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why because okay. uh, um, because they they say in the the JEP they say. Don't use virtual, virtual threads for CPU-intensive operations. Rather yeah. use parallel streams. Mm -hmm. Oh. Right? Okay. I think they say that. Or they say something like that. You know, if not, they will say this, right, in one point of time. I think they do. I think they do. <laughs> I, I think they did. Um, or at, at least it's, it's, it's I, like... I won't the, cut it out just for the record, right? No, so. no I, I'm just going to quickly have a look because it's, I want to see if they mention parallel streams. Parallel... It, yes, it says, it is not a goal to offer new data parallelism construct in either the Java language or the Java libraries. The stream API remains the preferred way to process large data sets in parallel. So this is sort of right from the beginning. Um, and... Uh, dun, 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 dun. So, um, yeah. But still, uh, just remember, we have now Helidon, NEMA, for instance. This is the, you know, this is the, yes. uh, the virtual thread capable implementation. Mm -hmm. Let's say I would just have a JAX arrest. So this is like, you know, the REST endpoint, which I do all the time. And this yep. will uh, allow me, you know, start, uh, I don't know, 50 uh, requests. Uh -huh. And then every 50 requests will will be a virtual threads behind the scenes and the virtual threads will start parallel stream and the problem is then all you know all the advantage will disappear because the virtual thread becoming one point of time 
a, a norm, is mounted to a carrier thread, and carrier thread is a, somehow a normal thread, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, carrier threads is normal, normal platform threads. Nothing special. So if I would have fifty normal threads, no problem. If I would five, there's a bottleneck, right? So it would be. If you had fifty normal threads, you'd be stressing the CPU. Yeah. But you'd still make forward progress. Yeah. You know, it, it'd still make something would still happen. It'd still be able to to make forward progress. But, but um, if you have uh, fifty virtual threads trying to do this, you'll have only as many at the same time as you've got actual actual threads actual carry threads mm -hmm. um, on that note what's interesting in Quarkus they have now um, reactive libraries and the reactive yeah. libraries I have to admit I don't like them right so I wanted to say something else, <laughs> you have to use you know a, uh, how it's called uh, uni and uh, and there's a no strange way to program things I'm, I mean the builder pattern is nice but yeah. I don't like yeah. to learn Reactive programming to program in Java, so this is um, a bit yeah, nice, right? So and 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 but this is uh, many developers like to play with it, and and, and I, I don't know, remember you know there are lots of attempts. You know, from from Netflix there was an, a library, yeah. and uh, and there was uh, uh, I think Akka was also reactive. Mm -hmm. I almost forgot forgot about that, and I always ignored this because it, even in large projects I never had to do this. So I never was you know in Google like. Uh, uh, infrastructure we had to build a load balancer with millions of users for me it was like you know enterprise apps and in I, I think several thousand transactions per second maybe 10k was so so this was the area and it had no yeah. without any magic it just worked now yeah. and what's interesting now what uh what, what i understood is what they will do is that uh if you use the reactive libraries behind the scenes they will use loom uh or virtual threads in quarkus which is uh, interesting because um, I always ask the question, you know, when I have to use reactive programming, and the answer was always so for 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 hype for for scalability. It's like yeah, but yes, for from for my in my world, you know, I understand it that every thread comes with overhead. I think one make is a heap over overhead, right? Something like this, or how how much is no, it? No, no, no. That's the fallacy. Okay, so how how much you know overhead and, and, and normal? Th Let's say we ignore all the virtual threads and all the reactive programming. We build a server. Every user gets a new thread done. No pulling, nothing, right? So the question is, how bad is it? So I mean, we have one. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so, so the fallacy is that a lot of people think that our limit with with platform threads is the heap, the, the stack size. Mm -hmm. But you can try this out. You can make a stack size of one gigabyte, for mm -hmm. example, and then on your laptop you can make you know ten thousand threads. Mm -hmm. So you've got ten thousand threads times one gigabyte, mm -hmm. <laughs> ten terabytes of memory, right? Yeah. On your laptop, no problem yeah. at all. This is not. This is just uh, you know reserved memory. It's not. It's not actual physical mm -hmm. RAM. Mm -hmm. So you so you don't have a limit. And, and not on a sixty-four machine. On a thirty-two machine, you do have a limit. On a 64 machine, there's no limit, effective limit, at least not at the moment, for for how many threads we can make physical threads. But the operating system does limit us. So the operating system will limit us from making more than a certain number of of platform threads within a within a JVM. There's mm -hmm. nothing to do with the stack size. But what we had already out of memory yes. errors because of too many threads. Yeah, but that's artificial. Maybe, but uh, the problem no, it is, is it weird. is artificial. It's 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 artificial, and it's put there by the operating system. Exactly. This was Windows, and I think around four hundred to six hundred threads were the problem out of memory, and uh, we had to. Do it depends. About. It depends what you're running on. If you've got a sixty-four machine, mm -hmm. um, and it depends on. So I've got like a bunch of different laptops. Mac. Every couple of years, I have to buy another one because they keep on breaking, mm -hmm. but they're still sort of working. So. <laughs> uh, and and for example, on my on the current MacBook Pro I'm using, I can make sixteen thousand threads. Okay. On another one, I could only make two thousand threads. Another and what one. Was could the, the, so Windows? Have you had any experience with Windows? Because back then, I was pretty sure it was Windows thirty two thirty two bits back then. No, it's a thirty. If it's thirty two thirty two bit machine, then you're yep. limited by memory. Exactly. This was right. the problem. Back but then, but it, nobody uses thirty two bit machines in twenty twenty three. No, 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 not now. This was like no. I think the. This was like, but, but you're right. So, but that was a long time ago when we were children. They used to worry about these things. Yeah, <laughs> ten years ago, maybe. So maybe we were almost, almost kids. Yeah. But um, 
And a 64-bit uh, Windows machine, what is the limit, roughly? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be probably like 10,000. Right? Probably 10,000. So it means it doesn't really matter, right? So the limitation is going to be that it's not efficient. No, well, it's the, the problem is that you... Um, there are several problems with making that many platform threads, right? Yeah. Um, because, for example, if you do a thread dump, and I've got to scratch through 10,000 threads in the thread dump. Mm -hmm. Also, um, your context switching is going to go through the roof. So it's going to be less efficient. The thing is, if you've got 10,000... Have you tried that? It will be actually a cool experiment for you for a workshop, right? So I'm just you know, writing the, 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 the worst possible Java code where for every request, I'm creating a new thread, new platform thread. Oh, no, I've seen much worse than that. I've okay. seen, you think that's the worst possible. No, no, no. I've seen a system which each, each time somebody connected, they constructed five native threads, five, five platform threads. Okay. And then after about a thousand users, the system crashed mm -hmm. and they couldn't figure out why. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> how crash it? It just... Uh, out of memory error. Okay, well, okay. The thing is, when, you, when you're running close on out of memory error on the threads, first of all, that number is dependent on where you're running it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not safe to go above, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say above like a few hundred. I wouldn't go above a few hundred threads. No, no, exactly. This was always, so we had a few hundred, we always had that problem. Yeah. But I would say a few hundred, you know, this is still, you know, far more than we need in most of my applications, exactly. right? So exactly we could right. actually write a dumb Java code and it would yes, work exactly fine right. without any magic. Exactly right. Exactly right. 100%. And I, I agree with that. It's mo most times, I mean, I'm using virtual threads on my Java specialist.eu web server, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you using or not using? Of course. Of course. I mean, yeah, I got it on dog food, right? Yeah, for, of course. But I, I don't have to use the virtual threads because it's not like I'm getting a million visitors a second on my web server, you know I mean? Who knows? Not after the podcast, popular. after you mentioned that the podcast, so now this is like uh, oh, okay. Hey, now it's going to go to a million a second, but yeah. Before, before your web, before your podcast, it wouldn't. You know, Java Specialists.eu. Don't go there. You're going to crash it. Usually, I advise my my guests not to mention the uh, you know because they they get air hacked. So <laughs> everyone goes there and, and the server just blows up, right? So. <laughs> I don't like to get a notice from Google or Amazon that I'm damaging yeah, exactly. the infrastructure. Exactly. exactly. But um, that that is actually uh, interesting. That uh, not interesting. I mean, good that you are saying this. But um, you mentioned out of memory error. What's also interesting, there is an another error which comes uh, shortly before the out of memory error. It is something to do with the garbage collector cannot keep up. You remember the name? You know, it's like uh, the garbage collector is busy, and if you get this error, you know that is you know it it the garbage collector cannot collect the garbage anymore the, the, what is the name of the of the of the exception um you know what i mean so this if you know this this is like um, replacement of out of memory error so the, there is an out of memory and 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 there is another error which says you know the garbage collector is just too busy to collect you know your garbage and uh and and then you get after this you get the uh, maybe out of memory so i thought it's also a few times with in my project, I forgot well, actually, you can see it in the GC logs, right? You'll see like um, no, you get an actually error. Really? So really? you get you get yeah, you get an an error, and this mm -hmm. says like I forgot the name. I I, I, I hoped you 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 know it right now. I don't. Yes. I don't. I see, um and um it. it I mean, it I've, means I've the garbage the... collector yeah. is working hard, but cannot collect the garbage anymore. The, the, this is the meaning of the error, but I forgot I've the exact, that. exact. Really, no. In my project, I was able to produce it a really? lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always wonder like, why I don't get out of memory error. And, and then I look it up, and this is like you know the garbage collector is too busy to to collect the errors. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. I, I I know that you can get. What can happen um, is that you you you're like on the verge of a G of an out of memory error, mm -hmm. but you're collecting. Just enough to not get out of memory error. Exactly. So you can get a situation where the system is 100% busy, only doing um, exactly doing GC. But and then you get and then anything. you get the exception. Then you will see. I've the, not seen that. I've not seen okay. the exception. I, I saw it already. So I have to to look it up. But um, is that recent or a while ago? No, or? no. This is a while ago. Also five years ago or something like this. Okay. So, uh, but um, so Java six or five or something like that. No. Uh, <laughs> Java eight or eleven, I think. Java five or six is okay. too too long ago. So um, mm -hmm. I haven't seen that, and you, you don't remember which garbage collector that was, do you? 
No, but it was the standard. I don't. I usually or, or always or run. You know, uh, always run the standard. So I don't. Like I said, would would have been G one then. I guess so. Yeah, because um, I must look that up because I I don't recall that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Wonder how you'd actually uh, cause that. I mean, cause that like in, an, in a little app. I think cost what was probably either um, hypersonic database or DerbyDB. I forgot one of okay. these or. Uh, I think it was on my server, so it was maybe even my blog, it, and it ran on Tomcat. And which JVM? It is maybe Java 8, I think, Java 8 for sure, and uh, maybe Java 11 if I was able to, to upgrade that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I will look it up, because I know, yeah. as I see this, but I don't, don't know you know the, the exact, but if you look it up, it's also clearly clearly documented that, um, that this can happen. And, um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, virtual threads. So, you want to talk about that. So, what's what interests me, are there any cases left, you know, for reactive programming? Because uh, for me, reactive programming is about reactive use cases. And there can be some, you know. This is, for me, it's like ah, having yeah. a stream, you know, a stream like we have in Java, parallel stream. But if the stream is alive, so it means uh, it gets, you know, new events, then it's, for me, reactive, right? So, we have Kafka or JMS or whatever, okay. and yeah. and we get events from outside. So, I'm reacting to the stream inline with map, filter, whatever, and this is, for me, reactive programming. But what I never understood is why they're using reactive programming for HTTP. Because HTTP yeah. was never reactive. You know, you call a request and you get responses as request response. So, I'm so okay, we could maybe misuse reactive programming to, to you know to save the amount of threats or to minimize the amount yeah, of threats yeah, yeah. but 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 this is optimization and 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 what we do we know we perform stress tests and uh and um the, you know the stress is higher than the numbers of employees in a company you say okay then it's okay then we go for it right so it's simple code yeah. always wins so i'm really thinking about whether there are cases left for I am not sure. i'm not sure i've i've done um uh, one of the courses we, we run is a reactive programming course with Oleg Dokuka, who's written a book on reactive programming. He's He knows about a million use cases for mm-hmm. and, and solutions to very, very complicated problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I've, I've actually been, I've hosted his course three times already in different parts of the world. Um, and every time I listen to it, I walk away saying, oh my goodness, this stuff is really complicated. There's <laughs> so many mm-hmm. different use cases. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, in my in my very um, in, in my amateur opinion on this, I, I I am still waiting to see a side by side comparison between the really hard reactive programming solutions versus what it would look like with with virtual threads. But um, in 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 opposite to to your attitude, I would say uh, I'm not. In my project, they don't have to be hyper optimized, right? So in my project, no, sure, always, sure, but but, always, but, mm-hmm. but but some of the some of the solutions are are really complex because of the things that might go wrong. Okay, and I'm not sure how much that is being um, sort of thought through with virtual threads. To some extent, yes, but not everything. Do you remember the pattern like disruptor? I remember the pattern, but that this is like a no ring ring buffer with byte. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but, but, but that's mean, for performance. That's for that's yeah, exactly. But I remember the pattern. I could apply it, but yeah. I never had to, right? Because uh, this is yeah, like yeah, exactly. I, I, I this is like saying, exactly yeah. like reactive programming. I I, I know yeah, yeah, how yeah. it works, and I and and, and by yeah. the way, if if you if you read uh, the reactive manifesto and uh, most of the implementations, they are somehow similar under the hood also to virtual threads how they are working. So they are also like. Dispatching thread, you know, some this is very similar to virtual thread, right, and right. for me, standard will always win, right? So uh, I'm not interested to build in my own stuff. I'm really interested that the Oracle yeah. guys or whoever does it, right, the the, the OpenJDK engineers, provide a solution which is good enough and simple, mm-hmm. and and then we go for it, right? So this is what I really like. Yes, yes. Um, all I'm saying is that there are some use cases which reactive programming solves, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure. Um, will be that easy to do or possible to do with virtual threads. This would be cool, an article or whatever, you know, that we mm. say, or I have to, to invite, you know, uh, your uh, your teacher or teacher or your, uh, how it's called. Yeah, you should, actually, you should actually invite Oleg. Good idea, Oleg. Oleg. You know, and, and just know, uh, and, and then if the virtual threads are out, just know to see, and it would be also cool, you know, still cool, I would think that we job for you, 
just to create as simple as possible Java thread server. So very simple code, you know, new thread start on every call and see what it breaks and compare it to virtual thread, you know. So uh, and, and just, you know, post the code, you know, it's like, okay, this is 10,000 threads and this is the behavior and this is the throughput or whatever. Just uh, returns that's, hello. Uh, that's a waste of time. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've got a virtual thread server that, that the very simple one that just echoes back and 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 uh, changes the case of the letters, and yeah. I take that up to two million threads. We you know with virtual threads, and it's just happily chug, chugs along. Yeah, but two million threads. I'm not not Facebook. You know, I, I would say you will see you know the 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 platform thread solution, and yeah. you will see it will increase you know whatever the resources until it breaks, and then we have the virtual thread, and it will probably you know linear. So okay, there is no no changes, but you 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 will see you know the code from the virtual thread and the simple code from Java. And now we are talking because we can say, okay, you see, if you're building, you know... But the virtual thread and the platform thread look exactly the same. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> the one that says... Uh, uh, you virtual, are right. There's actually even no difference, right? So the maybe exactly the, the structured con concurrency code, the task scope, you will... If you have something to join, you can do it afterwards. No, and it's, it's, it's super simple. That's the thing. Is is your your um, yeah? You're right. There's nothing, nothing to do. Make your life really, really easy. And and I, I really think that um, going forward, I mean, I don't care if the application server internally is using virtual threads or not, because who cares? I mean, yeah. if, if, if that's that's details, it doesn't matter. Um, so saying this, Nemo's Nemo's using it, the, the which is part of. Um, uh, Helidon project. Helidon, yes. Mm -hmm. So, so they they're using it. They're using the virtual threads internally, but I don't care if they use Netio or, or, or virtual threads. It's just, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't care. What I do want is I want to be able to run the the user requests in virtual threads. That, that that's important to me. Yeah, but this is the whole deal, right? Because the user request is a transaction or the request is what I'm interested in, right? This is this is what interests me in application servers. Because this is the, the entire deal is about the user. Because there is nothing yes. else to do for the application yes. servers. I mean, they have no exactly that. application do what you want. But yeah, let but me let the user threads let me able let me be able to run all my user requests in virtual threads. Where I'm going with it is uh, because in Quarkus, right now there's the, like the yeah. classic libraries and the reactive. And as I already told you, I try to ignore the reactive stuff because if I always was. It, if hmm? you don't need it, don't worry about it. Yeah, and the problem for me was that the. Normal Quarkus was always fast enough, you know, and it was always my yeah. question: Where is the limit? And I couldn't find any for for me for my for yeah. for my cases. Okay, if there is no limit for me, for maybe you know, and then I had had a chat and said, okay, if you're building load balancer, or whatever, but I never build a load balancer, yeah, yeah so yeah, I don't care. I don't care. And this is also the question yeah. to you: Maybe you know, we have a simpler solution. Just you know, there's a virtual thread, and then try you know to misuse the virtual thread re, um, solution to use uh, the platform threads behind the scenes without you know the virtual thread. And just to so that see, doesn't you make know, sense. It actually doesn't make sense. It's because your the the ease of coding is it's so easy coding it in virtual threads mm -hmm. that um, you might as well just just do that. And I, I don't see benefit. Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. It's a different solution. I mean, because you, yeah. Okay, so what you could do in structured programming, if you really wanted to, you could specify a thread factory that that returns platform threads. So then you're running everything on platform threads, but I don't see the benefit of that. But for students, I mean, they, they, they will be for students will be great because you know the, the platform you see off and you see that it breaks and and you know, switch the uh, virtual threads is the same solution and it goes right. This will be a good. No? Uh, it's it's not it's not persuasive. It really isn't persuasive. It's it's okay. um, uh, interesting to you know, see this. But for me, if I'm with a fresh mind and I say you show me virtual threads, I can say see this the same code. There's one switch. Before is the old Java, new Java. Old Java breaks, new Java runs. This would be a cool marketing. I I, I did I did write an experiment like that. I did for okay. JT for the JT okay. server, um, uh, where where basically I, I would have a request coming in, and then I would I would you know communicate backwards and forwards with with the client, um, and then I ran it without virtual threads, and I ran it with virtual threads, and with virtual threads it works. Without mm -hmm. virtual threads it breaks. So it's it's easy, very very easy to make an experiment like that. The only problem mm -hmm. is you got to be careful where you run it because um, <laughs> if you run it on the Mac, mm -hmm. the the problem is that if you create if you try and create sockets too quickly, you actually run out of sockets. So mm -hmm. you're crashing because you're running out of sockets on Linux as well. Not not too quickly, but you get you know the file descriptor right problem. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did is I've got a server running 
on Hatsner and mm -hmm. the only purpose of the service run experiments like this mm -hmm. and I've set it up so it can have millions of millions of sockets open okay. at the same time and so I don't run into limits with that but mm -hmm. um, that's the thing is like if you run it with platform threads or with virtual threads on the wrong machine it's both going to fail because mm -hmm. you run out of sockets before you run out of threads um, but so so this is why I don't think it would be instructive for the for the students to see it because if you run to their machines, maybe it'll just break on the machines in both cases. Mm -hmm. And it's it really something you want to be running on Linux, not on not on Mac or Windows. There was really interesting discussion with you. I was completely unprepared, uh, but I um, I was forced <laughs> to remember, you know, the the, the concurrency was still you did really well. And... I must say, I didn't expect you because I know you do, you're on a completely different boat at the moment. I didn't think you do context switch so well. I'm very impressed. <laughs> really impressed. You were. You 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 wanted to put me on the spot, but um um, which which is fun. I like it. You know, I always challenge you know the entities of my workshops. Uh, ask me whatever you like, and you did it. So this is yeah, actually well, yeah. and it's just fun. I mean, uh, this you know absolutely. Uh, I have to uh, know reinvite you back, of course, uh, the next time to talk uh, about uh, something, right? So uh, yeah, we'll talk about something. Maybe maybe we'll get to the topic we wanted to speak about last time, which you put into this time, which we didn't get to last time or this time. <laughs> yeah, because um, virtual threat or my. No, the um, what always interests me, you know, the innovation in Java. What happens? Yeah. Is, uh, lots of stuff is is coming, and it's really interesting stuff. And um, and yeah. and I still think that the more I use Java, the the I would say it's I'm more and more impressed, right? So um, with everything actually, you can write concise code, you can write yeah. highly scalable code. Everyone everyone knows Java, so I would say if you would like to have more vacations, Java is the pro perfect programming language because you know you don't have to constantly learn new stuff. You just write simple code and it mostly works, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So on my server, actually, you know, I was mentioning that I was using virtual threads for on my server. Um, and I'm using them for two for two things, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing I'm using them for is for timers. Because I've got I've got certain things. Um a few years ago I I, I, I upgraded to Java eleven mm -hmm. or yeah, I think it was Java eleven. And uh, and it actually broke something on mm -hmm. my HTTP um, request a client actually before HP client was like a I was using something else but it broke the redirects okay mm -hmm. and so I was doing a bunch of redirects and it broke it so that I couldn't get any more inquiries on my web server <laughs> this, the, and, uh, this is my bread and butter right I mean I make my money from people coming sending me inquiries hey would you like to come and do a course for me and I broke it in July, I think it was July 2018, and it remained broken until April 2019. Yeah, lots of vacations was, then, right? Yeah, and I, I, said to, I said to my friend, you know, it's, it, business is really quiet at the moment. I'm not hey. getting any inquiries. So, so then I eventually, like, somebody sent me an email saying, hey, I've, I've been sending like three inquiries. He didn't respond to them. I'm like, what the hell? I haven't had any inquiries for months. And then um, I... So I set up the service to to once once a day send to fill in the inquiry forms, make sure they all work, right? This and reminds me. This reminds me. Yeah. About uh, but don't tell it any, <laughs> any, anyone, right? Do you know the Jax conference in WJAX? You know, of course, right? Yeah, yeah Jax, of course, yes. Yeah, they have other conferences like you know Visual Basic and whatever Cobol, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, conferences, yeah, sure, right? So sure. and I got lots of you know marketing material from them. Yeah. And then what I did. Is as okay. I create created a spam filter basically, and I say yeah. whatever comes from this email, just you know, put it to thrash because sure. I will never talk at Visual Basic conference or Cobol today or of whatever, course. right? Of course. <laughs> and then it was before Corona, and then I wondered, you know, so like this year, and I say it's strange because you know, four years I never got any questions regarding conferences from the Jacks or WJAX or whatever. <laughs> No, it's like this is like did did I said something wrong or what's what's the, what's the problem, right? And um, yeah, because you used to be like a like a feature <laughs> on every single tax conference. I wonder what happened to you. You just disappeared. And, at the and then I had a client in Wiesbaden, and the Jax was um, and I looked search and you know, full text search in my in my uh, mailbox uh, for Wiesbaden in Frankfurt, 
And then I found, you know, hundreds of emails from, from them. It's like, Adam, are you alive? What's wrong with you? you know? and, and I said, oh, man. So they, they, and, and then I remember the conferences. So, no, the next involvement will be at the WJAX in Munich, you know. So everything resynced. Uh, I, I, I apologized. And this is what can happen, right? Even with, without virtual threats. Don't be too smart, you know, with your, with your filters. So um, uh, I was wondering what happened to you because you, you always were there. And you just I completely forgot the conference. I was uh, so many. I was like something is missing. I was and, and then you know this was the the, the Jacks. So I'm back in W Jacks and then Jacks, of course. Oh right, and, okay. Yeah. So yeah. this was this was my story, you know, with inquiries of conferences. So what I did was I set up a filter, another mm -hmm. filter, uh, a, a timer, a mm -hmm. timer, to once a day, um, fill, send me a send me an inquiry, right? And then once a week, I, I go through all my inquiry forms and I send inquiries to myself to make sure it works. Right? Uh -huh. Synthetic um, transaction, this is called. This yeah, is, exactly. Uh -huh. Just to make sure it works. Just to make sure it works. Um, so that if something goes wrong, I'll pick it up more quickly this time around. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the timer was a scheduled executor service, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm running that on a virtual thread, mm -hmm. which is nice because now I don't even have one platform thread for that. It's just, mm -hmm. just a virtual threat. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is, um, I did this uh, a few years ago. I did this, um, this push-up challenge. We had to do 15,000 push-ups in five months. A physical or virtual one? Uh, that was actually a carrier thread one. It was a, a okay. platform thread push-ups, not virtual push-ups. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so people could like, sign up for it. And if they got to you know, bronze, silver, gold, they would get their name on my website. Mm -hmm. Um, as, as having achieved that, you know, um, but then the thing is, my the CRM I'm using was is quite slow, uh, so it's like a I've got to send the request and I've got to get the names and for each category I've got to send the request separately. So at five requests and I wanted to speed it up because it's actually timing out and some of the things. Okay. So um, so there also what I did was I used computable futures mm -hmm. um, to um, which was which worked really really well. Just computable future and. Basically, it would just then get the get the answer lazily in parallel, but I've moved those over to virtual threads as well. But I've, I've, I think I've kept it as computable future because it's a really nice model to work with. The so computable future you can hard. always pass the second, you can pass the thread pool, right? So you have a computable future. Yeah, exactly. So so you can pass into the virtual thread pool the the virtual. It's a it's a new th new virtual thread per request ex exit or something like that. Okay. Um, so I just passed in that, and uh, it's also virtual threads now. So it, it's no, so it's not using any any platform threads. Mm -hmm. um, so it means so, all yeah. the listeners of the show can send you all inquiries at the same time, and you will process them correctly. And yeah, what also <laughs> means between 2018 and 19, you have the longest vacations in your life, right? Yeah, I kept surprisingly busy. I was like, you know, <laughs> I was just doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering why nobody, why did why nobody wants wants to engage my services? This is for me was the same. I always wondered in May there was something in our conference, but there's like you know yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember Jackson, the, the largest in Germany. Because you so. always had the biggest room, you always had the biggest audience, and it's it's like Adam Bean's coming. It was like the big show. And I, was like, I could never understand that. I could never understand it. How you? Well, now I'm back. You know, this is just now because of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like they're paying you to speak, so it's, you didn't lose that much. You pay a little, but it was not a, a big impact. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm, I became homeless because of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. Um, I have to invite you back, and uh, yeah. just to talk thank about you. Java, right? Yeah, we'll talk about Java one of these days. Perfect. All right. <laughs> then see you then. Bye. Thanks. Bye.